Hello, my lovely little weirdos. This is Ty. Welcome to the Wild Podcast. Hey guys, today we're going to be talking about feminism. Feminism has been long throughout history and it's been always a topic, a hot topic for everybody, even women and men who are against it. Anybody can be a feminist nowadays, a man, a woman, a kid, a boy, a girl, you know, it's just, it's a movement. It's not a competition for us against man. And I feel like that's one of the hot topics because mans who don't understand or like people in general who don't understand the definition of what feminist is are going to totally be against it and feel like people are trying to be compete for their role in life, which clearly that's not what it is. Um, feminism. What exactly is feminism? What is exactly feminism for me? No, what's the, like, the definition? definition, yeah. I think one definition that I have is being a feminism simply means believing equal rights for all gender. It's not about hating men. It's not about women being better than any man. It's about issuing femininity. Femininity. <laughs> okay. What do you guys think about feminism? I think that feminism is something that is needed. Um, it's been far too long, and the the balance between men and women, or the balance between the sexes, have been unbalanced for far too long, mm-hmm. and it's time for everybody to be considered equal, whether it be in society, the workplace, at home, where, wherever, men and women should be treated equally on all platforms on all playing levels are you pro or against feminism i would never be against feminism (laughs) okay being against feminism i feel like would be saying i'm against myself Mm, and against making equal equal opportunities for myself as a woman Mm. so i'm definitely for for the ladies. For the ladies. What about you, Ty? Yeah, I'm totally for it. I don't understand people who are against it because being a feminist isn't just for the ladies, it's for society. Like, we will function so much better if we could just even this shit out and work together. But there's so many rules, like, because of culture or religion or tradition that we have to, like, feel like we need to put women in a smaller box or hold them to a different level as men even from an early age you know you're teaching your girls different things from what you're teaching your boys and yeah in modern times it has gotten slightly better with that like with different like genders and all this in between coming more to the surface not that they weren't there before but they were definitely more in the like media now so people are trying to be more conscious of how they treat their children but still even the the stereotype of what it is to be female is definitely put in that old 50s kind of mindset also even for people who like were not assigned female at birth a lot of people hang on to that stereotype of what it is to be feminine which means like frilly and very girly or whatever that means like you're like dainty and soft you know and motherly so these are these are stereotype ideas that we need to grow out of so being a feminist is not only just pointing out hey we're above those things but like fighting for us to stand equal to the people who are our oppressors which is men like men don't like to hear that and i'm sorry that you don't like it but it's true like 
you are above women in society today in most cultures around mm-hmm. the world and still in the united states yes because look at our politicians so until we can stand evenly you know you gotta take down our oppressor yeah all for taking down oppressor <laughs> <laughs> well a little bit of insight into the feminism the there's this article that i read of vox that says there's the first wave the second wave and the third wave of feminism and i want to talk more into like the first wave that's where um feminism start back in 1848 to 1920 women were fighting for the rights to be able to vote one of the main people that were uh trying to speak out was elizabeth caddy staten lucretia mott sojourn truth maria stewart francis e hart and also mans were in this movement during this time it was one what's his name he was a famous um abolitionist who was also seeking out for the rights for women, Frederick Douglass, which I was surprised also. But I guess you don't have to be um, just a woman to be, like, pro-feminist. You can be also a guy with a strong, um, with a strong um, amount of belief that women should also have the same rights as women. We're not trying to take the role of a man away from him. We just want to be able to, like have access to what he has access to and have the amount of accomplishments without having barriers in front of us. And around that time, they actually passed the 15th Amendment, which was we considered granting the right to vote for any black man, any politicized white woman. And these were harsh time for a lot of women. I think that during this movement, black women were really for it too, but after this amendment passed, they were left behind in the shadow because they were struggling to vote while these white feminists who were able to vote gained every control of voting and they forgot about the people who stood with them at the same time and just left them in the shadows while they struggled and they continue on with their movements. But would you consider that a feminist? Would you like consider somebody who um, were super pro, get what you want, but once you got it and anybody who was helping you was left in the shadows? No, I feel like that's not true feminism. That's, you're just looking for yourself at that point. You're like, I got what I wanted. Thanks for your help. Fuck you. You know, let's talk about this another day. That's like the key point of white feminism right there because a lot of them were for us in the beginning, but as soon as they got what they needed, you know, we were still back here like, hey, we're still fighting. I'm like, no, no, what we did say was good. You know, let's not push it too much. That's some bullshit. Again, in 1920, Congress passed the 19th Amendment, which gave equal rights for everybody, regardless of race and color, to vote. Mm-hmm. Still, black women, for black women, it was still very difficult to get these votes. Again, we're left in the shadows. Any woman of color was left in the shadow again. Yeah, and plus they had people actively, try, after we got the right to vote, trying to stop us from getting to the polls in the first place. So that's a whole other issue on itself. It's, I don't think you can be feminist and racist at the same time, honestly. Because you're only looking out for a small portion of, of us, really. I agree. I feel like if you're in this for yourself, you're not pro-feminist. You're just pro-whatever. You just latch on to a movement to benefit from yourself. And once that you get what you want, you walk away from this movement. 
especially with the Me Too movement too. Those been like out uh, speaking about um being like especially in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. where women's are like being used like for you to get a role in Halloween you have to sleep with like this person or have to have these type of connection but it was always a man who you had to have a connection with and once you start like speaking out about it saying me too and all that I remember when this art this thing started to pop off um there was a man on the news who said he was now afraid of women because he was like, you know, I'm afraid to be around a woman. I'm afraid to be in the same room with a woman because, you know, you just never know what are the rules. How do you not know common decency? Like, if you can't treat your male co-worker this way, you can't treat your female co-worker this way. That's, that's it. That's how simple it should be. But a lot of people like to pretend like the idea of feminism is like, you have to treat women special. And we're not asking to be treated special, we're just asking to be treated the same. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Also with the Me Too movement, I don't like how, I mean, there were also men that were a part of the mm-hmm. Me Too movement. I don't like how, um, how we defended the men that were a part of the Me Too movement, but when it was time for them to defend us, they were nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Mm. I definitely felt like there was a a lot quieter voice on the male side when it came to speaking up for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's because maybe less men just feel like we deserve to have this movement too, or they're afraid, or what? There, it was probably because they were afraid they were going to get called out for all their past mistreatment of women so they kept it hush maybe yeah i have heard a few people say that but you know you gotta own up to your own bullshit so yeah if you don't own up to what you've done that's against women you can't move you can't go from where you're from until your next step Mm -hmm. also um like cancel culture mm-hmm. is very prominent in our society right now. Cancel so, culture? Yeah. So like say somebody got called out for um say he was flirting with someone and she didn't like it and it was like ten years ago and then he gets caught he gets called out for it in present time. Um and the woman tells, say, the, the woman's like, hey, he was flirting with me and I didn't appreciate it. And everybody in social media just like canceled him without like telling him, hey, this is what you did wrong. This is how you make it better. They just say, oh no, you're officially a bad person. No matter how much good he's done mm-hmm. or anything, he's just automatically canceled. So you're, for the rest of his life. so you're saying that we're supposed to educate these men on how to treat women? Yes, uh, yes and no. I feel like they should have, if they were raised correctly, they should know how to treat women. But also, some people just don't know. I feel like this is an important topic because... Sometimes it gets so exhausting trying to teach people how to be decent people. 
And, like, at first, you want to be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to, I feel like I have to stand up for this movement, and I have to voice my opinion, and I have to let these people know what they're doing wrong. But you can say the sky is blue over and over and over again, and they're still going to think it's red. Like, they, they don't want to know better, so they're not going to do better. And they, a lot of times they use the excuse of, I'm afraid to um, own up to my BS because of how people react to you. That is a sorry excuse, and like, no. So if you get canceled because you were a shitty person in the past, you got to deal with that. That's a repercussion of what you did. You know, they have to, I shouldn't have to go out of my way to teach you and coddle you and be nice and be like, hey, let me hold your hand and show you what you did wrong and how you can apologize and do better. Like, you know, you got to suffer. You got to feel the pain. It's going to suffer for a while, but, you know, like all things, it'll get better. So, Okay, so... Say it wasn't a man, say it was a woman, and she did something, and she got canceled. Say she claimed to be a feminist, but... A lot of those. People dug into her past and found out she wasn't actually a feminist, and maybe she gets canceled for it, and say a year or two goes by and she's trying to like make up for her wrongdoings, mm -hmm. but society as a whole are still like holding her back. Even though she's trying to make it better, how do you fix that? Um, that's a personal problem for her that she has to fix. It's like the same with any she's relationship. She's trying to fix it. Like though. she's gonna have to try harder. She's gonna, it might take eight years for her to be accepted in society again, but that is her fault for her mistakes. Like I, as the person who have been hurt, am not supposed to make you feel better as the person who did wrong. You mm -hmm. know. So you know you fucked up in the past. The only thing you can do is to be, you know, apologize. I guess if you're a public figure, you'll probably do that in public, make a public apology, and let your actions speak for yourself. Because if you claim to be this in the past and they looked and saw you wasn't, clearly you're gonna have haters, even though you're turning around, but they're gonna be investigating you. They're gonna be watching you and see what you're doing. They're gonna wait for you to slip up. And when they see that you're not slipping up, the people who are real feminists are gonna be like, okay, you know, we see what she used to be, but we also see who she is now. Yeah. And the people who aren't, are they're still gonna hold that over you and you're just gonna have to live with that. So, what about the, like you said, the white women wanted the black women's help with women's rights. That's still kind of present today. And maybe not so much like white women wanting black women's help, but like other people of color. They want all the people of color to come together and fight for the rights of the people of color. As one unit as one unit but say one particular race gets like pushed out of the the talk how do you fix that i feel nowadays there's so much to feminism there's like you said i think you mentioned it before there's so many there's different types of feminism now mm -hmm. there is that white feminism and then there's that black feminism and then there's spanish feminism and then at the end of the day if there's so many type of different feminism who are if we can't all unite as one and come together and be like if you're in the struggle i'm in the struggle with you if you're in this struggle i'm in this struggle with you if you all don't come together and continue like fight make this uh, an actual movement with all the color of women then we're really never gonna get anything done. 
we're just gonna continue to be like yeah i helped you here and you can't help us where were you when i needed you you know all of this if at the end of the day us as women regardless of our skin color and i know this phrase is probably so common and so sad all over again but it's sad all over again because we still haven't processed the thought that if we see another woman struggling and we automatically don't help her because of a religious belief or of because it's wrong to like help somebody go through this abortion, it's wrong to help somebody um, support somebody who's in sex work, oh, it's wrong to like just if we continue to let society define us and let tell us how who we should support, who we shouldn't support because of what they do and what they don't do, then this is not feminism at all. This is this is a movement for yourself. This is a movement for what you only believe in. Where if you are good, where if you are succeeding in life and you as a woman are okay, and you're like, yay, pro feminism, then it's not feminism at all. You know? Your your struggles are nothing compared to the struggle. I think uh, what you said earlier about the feminist movement as a whole, like the people of color coming together and being one voice is a nice idea. Like it sounds good, but in practicality, I feel like it's almost impossible because each subsection of feminism, like feminism for Asian women or black women or Latino women, they have a lot of things that's broad, like yes, we need this, but they also have a lot of things that is like specific to that culture mm -hmm. and that race and like ideals that they believe in that's best for them and if you just like no let's just work together let's just get the broad stuff down you're leaving a lot of people out by not having the individualized thing so it's like a standardized test mm -hmm. they don't do anybody any real good like you learn a method you pass a test and you go and that's kind of how people are trying to treat feminism but you have to actually you have to attack the small sections too mm -hmm. so i do think like, yes, we should come together, but I think we should also not forget about the small subsections that we need that is going to help us grow as individuals. Because if we let them go on the wayside, we'll be like, okay, we're going to fix the big problems. And then 100 years later, we'll worry about what's going on with you over there, Joanne. Like, that's not okay. You have to tackle all the things at once. You have to, you know, you have to integrate. You got to multitask. And it's a lot, but you got to do it. So you're saying we should integrate, but we should focus also on each one's individual yes. struggles. Yes. Okay. So what do you think? You think it's okay it has to, be to a have balance to it? Okay. That's what I'm saying. So, how, but how do you find that balance? I don't know how you find that balance. I'm just saying it needs to be there. <laughs> so like, all the answers. Do the individual races work on their individual races' feminism first, and then come together as one? Collective Honestly, unit. I feel like that probably would be the best way to do it because what we have tried in the past is no, we're just going to focus on the big problems like women voting. And what happened? Only half of us got the vote, you know, until way later. And then when we did get the vote, we were still left behind. So if we could fix the things within our own communities first, and, you know, at least get a solid idea of what we're actually fighting for. So when we bring it to the table, to the big group, we'll all be on the same page about what we need and how we need to move forward without stepping on each other's toes. Mm. So we need something like the United Nations, but for women. We need that in life. Yes, we need a whole council and we're going to get together and be like, look, y'all, this is what we need to fix. This is what we need to get down. Because <laughs> um, there's some crazy stuff going on out there. <laughs> <laughs>
that should be a thing. That should be a thing. We should make the United thing? Nations. It might be a thing. Mm-hmm. It could be a small thing. It could be there's <laughs> an organization out there for... And have, like, you could have one big women United Nations and then have little subsections for, like, different regions, like, North American, uh, South American, ones for the different continents. I Definitely. guess, or maybe that might be. Because there's definitely levels to um, what you need and when you need it. Like people who are in more, um, more underdeveloped countries and less less free countries where women don't even have the right to walk around without a man attached to them. Like what they need right now today is not the same thing as what we, we need as a Black American mm-hmm. needs today. So it's different levels to what we need and how we're going to get it. So that would definitely help if you had some system like that. And I've heard somebody say that Americans are so privileged and that their complaints are nothing. But we shouldn't compare our struggles Mm -hmm. at all because we all come from a different different background. Like, let's say Jane Doe over here in America has a middle class life. She makes a good amount of money. But in her career, she sees that it's a male dominant place and then she wants to see more females in power in that in that place area but let's say somebody from Saudi Arabia it's a female who is not allowed to drive and her husband controls her everyday life you know her struggles are like I need like have more freedom I need to be able to go out and shop without having somebody behind my back all the time I need to be able to do this without any supervision or approval from a male so these both things are going to be considered feminism if we were to help both ladies Mm -hmm. except it's a different approach to it yeah so i think that's when it comes it gets a little complicated because you know somebody's like well your struggle is nothing in her struggle we need to help her more than we should help you but it's easier to fix her struggle than her struggle because the whole country is against it you know and then somebody's like, yeah, you're so privileged. You don't need help. And I think it's going to be something that we're going to have to, like, have down and sit down and have a conversation about instead of comparing our struggles to different people. Because some people are really against feminism. Yeah, I know. Even I women. Even yeah, women know. and men. I feel like those people are the people who don't understand what it is. Like, they just have a broad idea of what feminism is, something that someone else has told them. They probably never even read an article or research paper or anything on it. Or dumb. it's people who don't want to make choices for themselves. That too. Some people are like that. They're too simple-minded to form a thought. They just take in what the media says or what they are always told. Or it, be- it starts at a young age also from mm, your background. Mm-hmm. Both of your parents could be, you could just tell automatically, like, the, per- the person that runs the household is the male. And mm-hmm. then the female is under him all the time. And you see that. And you see that, and you grow up with that. You internalize it. In society, you see in society, and you're like, oh, wait, a female is actually has more, like, empowered, like, has more power, and a male has a little less say? That's wrong, you know? That's when you start seeing stuff, and you're like, it's not what I've seen all my life, and this is what I'm seeing in society. It's wrong. It has to be completely wrong. This is not right. This is where um, people who are against feminism start also. They're like... You're a woman. You need to know your role as a woman. 
you need to cook, you need to clean, you need to be <laughs> subservient to me. I hate that. Because this is how I grew up and this is how I mm-hmm. see it. Yeah. You're not you need to be more feminine. You need to be like more fragile, more educated, classy. I understand. <laughs> this is what they see growing up. Yeah. This is where they come from. And it gives me like a different perspective. Like this is what they they this is what they know in all their life. So I'm not saying like I'm agreeing with them, and I'm I'm not saying I'm anyway. I'm just like understanding their perspective. But you know, for some people, that is their idea of feminism. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they think a woman. They think a woman should not that they have to be in a role, but they have the right to be in a role. That's what they want to. So there's nothing wrong with that role. If that's mm-hmm. what you want, mm-hmm. you know, if you feel like you're your best self when you're self-serving to someone else, then go for it. You know, be a homemaker, and that's not a bad thing. But you have to know that. Like, a woman, a woman should have options to do whatever she wants. She want to be the CEO of a company, the president, or a mom, or all three at the same time. Yeah. You know, go for it. Do it. She could be a sister, a mother, a wife, a CEO of an office. Like, she can play all these roles. I think men can doubt that sometimes. Yeah, they think we get a little ahead in life, a little, we take on a different role in life. They in think we that multitask. <laughs> we just stop being a wife, or we just stop being this nurturing mother, or we just stop being this loving sister we are. We, it's, yeah. and we never, it's never us trying to compete for your role. We never want to take you. You are male, you have strength. Um, some of y'all, let's not say all. <laughs> some of y'all have strength. And some of y'all are gonna be a little more um Hello, bitch. a little bitch, a little aggressive. It's okay. You're a man. You you have the right to have this. Us women's also can have this, but you can still be pro feminism. You don't have to be a woman to be a pro feminist. And that's a other point. So men, they can be super strong and buff and burly, but they can also have no muscles and be gentle and kind and sweet, and that's okay. Yeah. But when a woman tries to be gentle, kind of sweet, and buff and burly and strong, we're like, whoa, 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 she's a tomboy. Like, she's, she's like a man. And I don't, I don't agree with that. Like, no, this is just my personality. I can be abrasive, and it's okay for me to still be feminine. Like, it doesn't make me less of a woman because this is my personality. So, yeah, I see it. And I see it. I see it all the time. So annoying. This <laughs> You know where this type of household comes from? Like the male, it's always like in the culture where um, I think it's always been our culture where the male is always gonna. Well, nowadays I say every culture though, but it's definitely like some cultures they definitely have uh, like the female is the head of the household. The female is dominant of the tribes or whatever. Or you see, I haven't seen that yet. I have seen it. I've I have seen places. There's like a whole, there's I a whole village that. somewhere on the continent of Africa. Oh, okay. There's a there's a female tribe. They don't let men in unless they act nicely. And I, I'm like, I need to go there. I need to go visit for a little while. I haven't seen that. <laughs> Get some peace. But um, actually, um, in the early Americas, there were some tribes that were like that before they got wiped out by the, you know. Mm. The colonizers. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> colonizers. And they reconstructed the household to make sure that the man was up front because that is what they believed. So that's wow. what we believe. And a lot of it had to do with the idea of religion. Like the man is the head of the household. So they changed people's family setup to match theirs. So basically religion is the reason why things are the way they are. Religion is a big part of a lot of people's lives. 
But not everybody who's religious have this mindset of what the household should look like or what femininity and masculinity should look like. But for, um, I feel like America is a country that has a lot of different religions all in once, and a lot of them have that type of foundation where it's the, it's supposed to be the God, the husband, the wife, the children. You see like, how it goes steps God, husband, wife. Yeah. You see it again. God, husband, and then wife. And then, and then, then they say what we complain about everything. We complain about this. We complain about that. We're, and then we, we we don't complain. We're speaking out about what's not right in society. And it's not right that we're always under. We're always second. We were even called like the daughters of Eve because we were the one that persuaded a man to eat the apple into sin. We're the one that are sexual. We're the one who sexualized sin. Yeah, mm-hmm. our bodies, our skirts, or the way we dress, or the way we look at a man. We're the one tempting them into sinning. Speaking of this, um, a woman once told me I was having a conversation with uh, uh, she was the wife of a preacher. And she was talking to me about the woman's role in society. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, you know, women have a lot of roles. And she was like, you could be uh, a teacher for, like, small children and Bible study within the church. Or, you know, find somebody that you can support and, you know, uplift them and show God through you. Mm -hmm. And I, because I was asking her why is it that in the particular church that I was attending at the time, like, they have a system set up, but once you get of age, which is, like, teens, mm-hmm. um, women are not allowed to teach the teens and above, like, in a Bible study class. Mm. And I was like, why is this a thing? Because there's nothing that I know about this. Why is this a thing? And she was just saying, well, we like to we like to set up a, a tradition of letting the men know how to take lead and how to be a leader and take charge of a situation. And I was like, well, you don't think that's a important lesson for a woman to learn like why wouldn't I need this skill in life to learn how to take lead and be in charge of the situation and I was like do you think it's a sin for me to be a preacher or something and I was like no no we don't really think it's a sin I'm like but you've never hired a male preacher in this church I've never seen a male preacher I mean a female preacher in this church I've never seen (coughs) preach I've only seen ladies bible study and never for the teens and above you'll never have a woman teach a class it's only a man and I was like is this not a problem? Why is a man teaching women's Bible study? Not women's Bible study, but like Just in so general. when you have women's Bible study, when you're in women's Bible study, you can teach any age of woman. Mm-hmm. But when you're in regular Bible study, if there's teenagers and up, it has to be a man leading the Bible study, even if the man is younger than the woman. That's stupid. Exactly. That's what I was saying. I was like, this is this is not okay because I wanted to give a testimonial and I wanted to give a um, a Wednesday night Bible class, which was usually the whole group, and they were like, oh. Uh, we don't really know about that. We'll have to talk to the deacons. Mm. They had a conversation with me about this. Wow. I'm like, you are a woman. You are the wife of the preacher. And I know that you're we're all just human. I'm like, but I expected more from this person because she had a outside, role. Like our interaction, she seemed like so pro woman. Mm-hmm. You know, but when it came down to it, it's like you are conditioning people at an early age to take a back seat instead of be the driver. And she was she had a very prominent role being the wife of a preacher. Yeah. You're supposed to speak out for You're the women's in the church. But no. 
And then that's what I learned a lot. Like I think it may be it may be a generational thing too because she is from an older generation than me, where like some people from that generation they just they blindly accept the role that they've been given and taught at an early age. Like you are the homemaker, you clean the house, you're the Marthas, you know. The Martha Stewart. <laughs> oh my god. But I was actually thinking Martha from the Bible, the person who prepared for Jesus to come. I was thinking about Martha Stewart. <laughs> I was about to say Martha Stewart stuff. Not Martha Stewart. We're not talking about her. <laughs> the Martha from the Bible. Mm. Yes, she she prepared a way for Jesus. But like this is um this is a, a problem and and I was raised, honestly, I was raised by a single father for the most part who was sexist as all get out. Mm. Like, very sexist. Almost everything he came out of his mouth was sexist. It's a surprise that that did not scar me. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. Just a little bit. Just a lot. Just a lot. Because I grew up in that environment, I learned that I had to be my own voice, that I had to be my own cause for um, feminism. And I didn't even know what it was at the time. but. I learned that I had to speak out and be like, no, all women aren't this. Because mm-hmm. you know, a lot of broad statements like women are this, women are that, all women belong in this category. All women's are hoes, yeah, all women's are look, unfaithful. Yeah, and I learned at an early age, like, I am a woman. I don't fit in any of these things. So what does it really mean to be a woman? It's a good question. Like, is it just because I have a vagina that I'm a woman? Mm, this is where gender <laughs> roles come in. The danger zone. So... If um, but I guess it don't really matter when it comes to femininity, like um, feminism at least, what it matters to be a woman, if you're just trying to fight for equal rights. So, but I guess if you can't even define what a woman is, how do you tell them to be the same as a man? Mm. Okay. Well, in my household, it was always like I say, I haven't seen like a woman being over a man or like being in power or like being the one leading the household. It's always like the male. My father always being, like, in charge of everything, and then my mother being, like, there, like, you know, yeah. You know, the bills are paid. My dad pays them. Everything needs to be done. Much My father took the lead, made the most money. But, you know, I. but he was always irresponsible with everything, <laughs> which is the funny thing in life. And my mom was always the responsible one. So my mom, even though I always saw, like, the male be on top, which is my father, and my mom below him. She always told me at the end of the day, like, you should always try to be as independent as you can. Mm-hmm. Never let a man tell you, I gave you this, I gave you that, and I gave you this, and this is why you're with me. Mm-hmm. Or this is, you can't leave my side because I provide all of this for you. Always try to be as independent as you can from a male counterpart. And I know she didn't say this because she wanted me to, like, hate men or anything. She just grew up in that, in that she was in this relationship where she felt that sometimes, like, that she had to have her own things. He had to keep his own things. It's just weird for me because, you know, are we in this martial relationship, are we in a relationship where we want to have the same, the same type of, like, financially, we want to be evenly together. Financially, you want to... Uh, have like things like that like it's a relationship but it's a marriage where you all come in together you be one that's what my belief would be but she always telling me no you be independent you have your own things he has his own things never let him tell you that this is the reason why you're with me financially never depend on a man 
for anything. That's what she told me. And I was like, I agree with her in that point. And I agree with her in some ways and I agree disagree with her at some points. Because, like, I feel like once you marry somebody or walk into a relationship with somebody, don't you have become as one? Like, his struggles are your struggles and, like, your struggles are his struggle. That's what I would think. Not but if he doesn't, not <laughs> if he doesn't feel the same way. Yeah, I agree. Like, if he doesn't feel mutually as with me, then he wouldn't see me as his counterpart. He would see me just, like, another person with him. It's not even that. Like, let's say, like, your man or your spouse, your other, whatever, you marry them, and you combine your bank accounts and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And they love you and they respect you. Mm -hmm. But they are not smart when it comes to money. What if both of y'all are not smart with money? Then both of y'all going to be in a poorhouse, okay? Mm -hmm. But... I believe, like, if I were to be crazy enough to bind myself to another human within the law, uh-huh. they are not giving my money. Because my money is my money. And this is something I learned from my father at a very early age. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like your mama. Like, don't, um, he would, he did the opposite way. Like, don't put your money in another woman's purse, <laughs> pretty much. But I agree with that. Because mm-hmm. my money is my money and my debt is my debt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's say we both, have a lot of student loans or something mm-hmm. like that, and we get married. Now we just combine our debt on top of each other, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So while I combine my bank account, like I agree, like we have things that we pay together, mm-hmm. like you know the house or car payments or something like that. That is something that is both of ours. We can have a joint bank account, but we definitely need our own, which would make things a lot easier if we divorce. Because I'm like, this is what you need to split. Because this over here is mine. <laughs> <laughs> so where we with what? Okay, so if we're with somebody, why would we consider divorce? Wouldn't that if we're considering divorce, why will we even bind ourselves to this person? I mean, you never know what happens, honestly, in my opinion. People start off with one way and they end up another. Life changes you. So. I mean, yeah, we're, America's known for its divorce money. rate. Money changes people Life too. Money, or lack of it. Mm-hmm. You'll be okay if somebody asks you for a prenup before oh, marriage? Yeah, I'm like, okay. You're not getting my money either. Depending on if I was the one who had the money, then I'd just Prenup. Oh my goodness. If that person was the Biased. one. Biased. So if they got money and you don't, you're not going to sign a prenup? I will sign the prenup either way. But I'm just saying, if I definitely had the money, I'm going to slap it in their face. Okay. If they don't want to sign it, then we're not going to get married. I think they will sign it. <laughs> a lot of people will sign this prenup. It's it's very common nowadays. It's a common thing. It's a thing. Um, but then some people feel like, oh... You want me to sign this prenup? So you're thinking about breaking up with me in the in the um, future? I'm yeah, like, that's what a lot of people go around. Trust me, trust me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> trust me. Hold it together with me. My money is my money. <laughs> sign this shit. <laughs> I don't like. There's a saying that um I really hate mm-hmm. that I've always heard growing up, and not necessarily with my family, but in like society in general and it's always a woman's place is behind a man Ew. I oh that. there's this one quote i heard that somebody said to rose amber it's a it's amber actually rose. a preacher amber rose but somebody, reverend. reverend he's like you need to be dressed how you want to be addressed and the way she like flew him off with that like yeah. <sighs> Like, I saw that on your Instagram wear. yesterday. I was like, girl, run. <sighs> as many daughters as you have, you really going to say this? In public TV and embarrass him out there? Because you're embarrassing your family because you have these daughters also and a wife at home. Damn. People don't think like that. It's like, um, no matter how you dress, 
if a dude is gonna come up to you and talk to you sideways, he's gonna talk to you sideways right. no matter what you're wearing. Exactly. You could be person or you're not. Yeah, you could be in a whole suit businesswoman going to work and some some dude's like, ooh, let me get your number. Some hooligan. Example. I was I used to walk to church when I was little. Um well, when I was in college, not little. And I was walking to church one day and this man drove past me on a um, motorcycle, turned around and stopped near me mm-hmm. and he tried to holler at me. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to church. And he was like, oh, okay, well um you mind if I follow you there? And I was like, please don't. No, that's creepy. <laughs> I, I don't know you and I don't I don't have time for this. Like he wasn't extremely catcalling, but it made me very uncomfortable and I was like, why do you feel like he needed to turn around, stop his motorcycle and try to get my number? Like, that's disgusting. And then follow know you. me. And then follow me to church. Disgusting. And when I went to church and I told one of the people about it, they're like, Oh, they probably thought you were a prostitute because you were standing on the street. Wow. You weren't standing in the street. You was walking to church. church. That's a great response for somebody like that going to church. And your Sunday's best. And my Sunday's best. I was not even dressed in a short dress or anything. So it doesn't matter what you're wearing. I I was wearing a long skirt and a tank top. He saw them ankles, girl. He saw my ankles. And he was like, girl, give me them ankles. That's disgusting. (laughs) How and why? So that dress, how you want to be addressed, is complete bullshit because if you're a good person you're going to address somebody where he's bad <coughs> and if you're not you're going to treat them however you want to treat them it is true you know it's coming from reverend blew my mind too like really but then again those are the ones that will say the most controversial things ever towards women true. also because we're, we're taught like if you're raised in this environment you're taught that the people of the church are good people so when they do things that goes against the idea, it kind of surprises us a little bit, even though it happens time and time again. I don't know how many times they've disappointed me, but when I see a person of a faith, I'm like, how are you like this? <laughs> I still, it baffles me. I think it's the, I think the people who are more attached to religion are the ones that are going to have this type of mindset. True, because they feel like they can justify it with their, yeah. with their deity. We're the good Christian. You're the bad Christian because you're dressed a certain way or you look a certain way or you speak to certain people. That's I actually have I have seen men of faith shame women for dressing too modest. They said that you, it was uh, a Muslim lady because she had the you know the headdress and the long sleeve dress outfit, mm-hmm. and they told her that she was not truly being modest because she covered up too much, mm-hmm. and that if God wanted women to you know hide themselves, then He would have put that in the scripture, like He would have told them to not even leave the house. But by covering yourself up this much, you're calling more attention to yourself than you would if you just dressed normal. Literally, he let those words fly out of his mouth. And I just looked at him like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So you said a Christian man said that to a, a Muslim woman? Yes. Yes. Oh I'm like, God. first of all, you have no business in her business. So walk away, sir. That's disgusting. That is disgusting. So, like, he felt like he needed to... Fix the way that she was dressed because her modesty was immodest. Oh, wow. Yeah. A man telling a woman once again. How to dress. <laughs> and justifying it through his faith. <sighs> Religion. It's a complicated subject. It is. I remember this one time at my old job. We were set to clean up because it was the end of the day and it was time for us to all go home. So everybody's supposed to grab a broom and sweep up. And this one African guy 
was standing around looking like I'm not sweeping because men and in, in my culture men don't sweep we leave that to the women bitch you better grab a bro <laughs> <And he just laughs> slap right. that his face and one of the um one of the managers was like here you go and then he didn't know how to sweep so he was just like holding it in one hand and trying to sweep and he's like i'm not doing this and you're gonna learn today <laughs> right wow yeah so imagine the type of household he came out of he came out of a household where the women do all the housework and the, and the men sit down and do nothing. Yep. There we go again. Or the men make the money. Make the money? Yeah. The men make some money. Are we, are we sweeping somewhere here? For money? money. And they're supposed to, when they come home from work, they sit their ass on their little um, recliners. They wait for the, they expect their food to be made when by the time they get home. Um, they expect the food to be served to them before you feed the children or yourself. Mm-hmm. So those types of households is not, I don't like those That's types That's the of most households. unbalanced household ever, you know? It's, it's a very unbalanced household if it's like that all the time. I see that, yes, a man can cook for a woman and prepare her a bath and prepare the household and prepare the kids to go to sleep. And a woman can do the same thing for a man, you know, prepare the household, prepare a meal one day, and it comes, and then you come and balance things out. If we're both working in a career and we have kids and we know how to balance things out at some point, that's I feel like that's healthier. But if we continue, like, this household where the man comes... We take off his shoes, we feed him, he goes to sleep, and you do all the household work. That's where we become unbalanced again. Mm-hmm. We go back in century, and we're like, where do we, like, where do we, where do we learn? I get it for the people who just don't want to work, like, I've known someone like that. They're like, I just want a husband to take care of me. And I've seen it, and, and it's okay. You know, if that's what you want, but don't think that's your only option. Yeah. Some people don't realize that they have other options. I've seen it. I've seen it. People who especially who are um, in this, who people who don't usually never work like in a job and they just married off and they just have this relationship with their person. This person is the money maker of that and it's a guy, which is okay. It's the money maker in the household and she's not. She's just home relaxing while he she fixes the house and does majority of the housework and he just does the outfield and she's okay with this. And but- like, People are okay with this. So you're cleaning the house every day. Mm-hmm. I, most if you got children, most likely. Most likely, and if you no, don't, if just you're your own. Then like, if it's just you two, probably still, because like in these situations, usually, if the man he'll probably want breakfast in the morning, so you cook him breakfast, mm-hmm. clean after, put his lunch, and then you have to prepare dinner while he's at work. That yeah. Day. Depending on what you're cooking, it might take a while. So you cook that and clean up, and then mm-hmm. when he comes home from work, he's going to eat, and then you have to clean that up. Yeah. He's definitely not going to wash his dishes after a hard day at work. You know, that would be crazy. Plus, you got to keep up with your own laundry, stuff like that, you know. Just the simple housework you have to do. And women are okay with this because this person is able to financially support their yeah, car payment, anybody car payment. <laughs> I just want y'all to know, this is me as a child. Like, I would come home from school. I would have to prepare dinner or meet with one of my sisters, then clean up. Sometimes I'll have to cook dinner in the morning before I go to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make his bed. This is why I can't be this person because this is the life I lived as a child. Like, I've already been through this scenario. Uh-huh. It's not cute and it's not happening. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I think we can come to an end. But we still have more. I feel like we rambled a lot. <laughs> we did. We did. Towards the end, but it's... We start going through our traumas, y'all. <laughs> I know. But, yeah. We, we spoke about what we need to speak about at some point. Yeah. <laughs> we did ramble a little bit. Okay, but next time. There's going to be There's going to be a details. second part to this. <laughs> we want to we talk about... In the second part, we're going to talk about more, like, what we think society would think of feminism. Like... A man, or how they handle, or it. How they handle it, or how the media talks about it, or our workplace, or how other countries have did, dealt with mm-hmm. feminism. Hey guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you did, make sure you check out the rest of our podcast at anchor.fm forward slash wild podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at wild podcast TRB. And if you have any suggestions, please sure to DM us. Or send us messages at wildpodcasttrb at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.